Humane Nature is an animal tourism podcast with discussions of animal abuse, injury, and medicine. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, travelers, and welcome back to Humane Nature. I am your host, Stacia. I hope all of my American listeners had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm a little frustrated right now. I hope it doesn't come off because this is my second time recording this episode because there was a big error on my part in the first. Before we get started on today's story, I just want to take a moment and recognize the tragedy that happened at Club Q over in Colorado this week. I cried so hard when I heard that my LGBTQ brothers and sisters were once again targeted by a madman with a gun in the United States, and they are considering not charging him with a hate crime, which is 100% what this is. This is a an act of terrorism and a hate crime committed against people just trying to live their lives. So I just wanted to take a moment and think about the incredible people who lost their lives and the people who were actually able to stop the gunmen before the police were even able to get to the scene. So my heart, my thoughts are with you. Yeah. So now that that's out of the way, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. This story is really, really rough today. I'm going to give you another content warning at the start of this. This story gets very, very graphic. Today, we will be talking about the story of Travis the Chimp and the dangers of having wildlife as pets. The story is very graphic and will include audio recordings from interviews with the victim, a 911 call, and descriptions of the injuries to the victim. I always place a content warning at the start of every episode, but I know that a lot of you listen to every episode and you may tune out that uh, content warning at the start by now and I just wanted to give another one because this one is much more graphic than my usual episode. Okay so let's briefly talk about the people in today's story because people kind of have similar sounding names in the story and I just want to lay out who everybody is right at the beginning so that we don't get lost. I know I have a hard time keeping up with other podcasts who have a lot of different people involved. So there is Sandra and Jerome Harold. These are the owners of Travis the Chimp. They were self-made millionaires by owning several automotive businesses They were animal lovers and traveled state to state so Sandra and her daughter Sue could competitively barrel race with their horses. Sue is Sandra and Jerome Harold's daughter. There is Charla Nash, Sandra's longtime close friend who she met while barrel racing and remained friends with for the rest of their lives. And Travis, who is the chimp of today's story. So a little background on our people involved in this story. While competing at a rodeo, Sandra observed a horse-riding chimp perform. She was taken with the animal dressed in cowboy gear and went backstage to meet his owner and trainer. She was immediately impressed after offering the chimp some gummy bears, and he accepted them with extremely human-like behavior. During the chimp's next performance, 
He leapt from the back of the horse that he was riding and ran and jumped right into Sandra's arms. She was immediately smitten with this with this chimpanzee. Travis was a common chimpanzee born in captivity in 1995 on couple Mike and Connie Bronchese's compound in Missouri, which is now called the Missouri Chimpanzee Sanctuary. This is not a good sanctuary. This is one of those destinations that I have talked about in previous episodes that call themselves a sanctuary, but is not actually a sanctuary. This was the same owner of the cowboy chimp Sandra was so enamored with, and I found next to no information on this sanctuary, and I do believe it is permanently closed, probably for the better. Sandra and Jerome Harold purchased Travis at three days old for $50,000 cash after taking him from his mother and raising him as their child. He was named after one of Sandra's favorite singers, Travis Tritt, and he would often accompany them to work and shopping in town. He quickly became well-known around the town as being friendly and well-socialized. He would even play wrestle with one of his neighbors who stated, quote, he listened better than my nephews, end quote. He got along well with Sandra's grandchild, so her daughter Sue was grown and out of the house and married with a child. Travis was even featured in multiple commercials and TV shows because he was so easy to work with. Travis was extremely intelligent. He could open doors using keys, dress himself, water plants, feed hay to the family's horses, brush his teeth, eat at the dinner table, sign in and look at photos on the internet, and watch TV with a remote control. He even loved ice cream and memorized the ice cream truck schedule so he could have a treat every day. When he accompanied the Heralds to restaurants, his favorite foods were filet mignon and lobster tail. Remember, this couple were millionaires, so they definitely spoiled Travis. Travis had a full section of the house that could be locked by a metal door when he was alone with an outdoor enclosure and an indoor space full of climbing equipment. And though they treated him as their child, the fact that his space in the house had a locking metal door that locked from the outside lets me know that Sandra or Jerome or both of them knew that Travis could potentially be dangerous. Tragically, the Herald's only human child, Sue, died in a car accident in 2000, and Jerome died of cancer in 2004. Sandra was left alone with Travis and regarded him as her only remaining child. She became depressed after her losses, and Travis would join her in drinking wine at night. Charla and Sandra had remained friends since their early days in rodeos, and Travis also loved Charla and would climb all over her and loved playing with her long blonde hair. At the time of the event that led to Travis's death, he was 14 years old, stood at 5 feet tall, and was extremely overweight at 240 pounds. So there are some warning signs, like early warning signs, that led up to the event that we are going to talk about in this story. There is some empirical evidence that suggests intelligent species, especially primates, show distressed behaviors when taken from their mothers at a young age and isolated. These behaviors, including aggression, can appear much later in life. 
These behaviors appear similar to how humans react to PTSD, generalized anxiety disorder, and OCD. Travis was isolated from others of his kind. Though he was not fully isolated, he was raised as a human and he was isolated in terms of his own kind and repressed a lot of his natural behaviors. There is also an abundance of evidence that shows a lack of enrichment catered to the species can cause boredom, which often leads to destructive behaviors or aggression. We even see this in domesticated animals like dogs. A bored puppy is a destructive puppy. While Travis was not confined for the most part and had some enrichment, again, he was treated as a human child and was not able to behave as a chimp in the wild would. Travis also had an incident in 2003 where he became erratic after someone threw an empty bottle at him at an intersection on his way to the auto shop with Sandra. He unbuckled his seatbelt, left the car, and ran out into the road, lunging at passerby, and then laid in the middle of the road, rolling back and forth and kind of laughing. So Travis was playing at this point. He began climbing on cars and chasing the police who were trying to corral him. This continued for several hours until he became tired. It was at that point that he was able to be tranquilized and... Ultimately, this only ended when Travis entered the car of his own accord, fastened his seatbelt, and allowed Sandra to drive away with him. This event was chalked up to Travis just being playful, and no charges were brought against Sandra. A similar event occurred with Travis's birth mother and two other chimps at the sanctuary where he was born. The humans that were around the incident grabbed a gun and killed Travis's birth mother, Susie. Though... Travis never knew his birth mother. Obviously, he was taken away from her when he was three days old and raised by Sandra and Jerome. This does indicate that, you know, it's not just a Travis thing. This is a chimpanzee in captivity thing, and this is how they ultimately can behave. Travis's erratic behavior was brought to the attention of the State Department of Environmental Protection at this point. They brought the attention to the Heralds that they required a permit to own a primate over 50 pounds, which they did not have. Due to Travis's popularity in his town, the state did not pursue any action as they believed it would ruin their reputation. In addition, this law was put into place after Travis's purchase, so it was not enforced for Jerome and Sandra. The head of animal control in Stamford, Connecticut, where they were living, was concerned by Travis's behavior and contacted a primatologist. The scientist warned her that as Travis approached adulthood, his behavior could become more erratic and violent. He would also be over 200 pounds and have the strength of over five men. This is not unusual for even domesticated animals, that... They can be playful and loving as babies, but if they are not properly trained, they can grow up to be aggressive and destructive. And unfortunately, chimps are not domesticated, so it's even worse in wild animals. Sandra was contacted by the animal control officer with her concerns, but Sandra responded that, quote, Travis had never exhibited even the slightest capacity for violence, end quote. In 2005, when Jerome Harold was diagnosed with stomach cancer, he spent most of his time in the hospital. 
Travis displayed depression-type behaviors and drew into isolation due to Jerome's prolonged absence. Jerome urged Sandra to send Travis to a sanctuary if he were to pass away, as he was too much for one person to handle. When Jerome passed away, Sandra and Travis both sunk into a deep depression and became isolated from those around them. Sandra did write a letter to a chimpanzee sanctuary in Florida with a $250 donation asking for them to take Travis as she was concerned what would happen to him if something were to happen to her. However, she never sent this letter. Sandra's friend Charla moved into a small apartment on their property with her daughter. She lived there rent-free but was supposed to tend to the garden and babysit Travis when needed. At this point, Travis was so isolated that he had not left the property in nearly four years. He was now 14 years old and vastly different from the young chimp that the people and the police department in Stamford were used to seeing around their neighborhood. Do you have an awesome podcast idea but aren't sure where to start? I personally use Buzzsprout to host my podcast because it's easy and affordable perfect for a new podcaster. They help me list all of my episodes across podcast platforms, provide detailed analytics on how my podcasts are doing, and provide expert support when I need it. Host your podcast on Buzzsprout today and earn a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid subscription. Podcasting doesn't have to be hard. Join Buzzsprout today using the link in the description. As a budget traveler, finding affordable yet safe accommodation while traveling can be daunting. There have literally been horror movies made about bad hostels and hotels. I always use Hostel World to book my hostels around the world. With over 36,000 listed hostels in 180 countries around the world and 13 million verified reviews, I can trust that whatever room I book through Hostel World will be clean, affordable, and most importantly, safe. Book your first hostel with Hostel World using the link in the description. On February 16th, 2009, Charla and Sandra, in an attempt to get Sandra out of her depressive state, were getting ready to go out of town for a girls' weekend. They decided to have a girls' day and go shopping, get their hair done, and prepare for their fun weekend. In this process, Charla dyed her long blonde hair red and curled it. When Sandra returned home, she noted that Travis seemed very agitated and distant, not showing any interest in his usual routine or hobbies. Instead, he grabbed the car keys and ran to the car. Sandra believed he wanted to leave the property and be taken out, and she was concerned because in an interview, I did hear her say that Travis in the past had taken the keys, gotten in the car, and driven on his own on the public roads. Sandra was worried about this anxious behavior, so she gave Travis one of her Xanax pills, which were not prescribed to Travis. Xanax normally treats panic disorders and anxiety in humans and acts as a short-term tranquilizer. Potential side effects can include changes in behavior, loss of self-control, confusion, and a feeling of unreality. And I don't believe Xanax is 
typically prescribed for animals, though I could be wrong in terms of primates. Nervous about Travis, Sandra called Charla. The two disagree on what really happened during the phone call. Charla states that Sandra asked her to come over, while Sandra stated that Charla volunteered herself to come over. Nevertheless, this phone call resulted in Charla coming over to the home. In order to cheer Travis up, Charla grabbed one of his favorite toys that was in her car, a Tickle Me Elmo doll, and held it in front of her face in a playful manner to try and cheer him up. This sent Travis into a full rage. He charged at Charla, knocked her back into her car and to the ground. Travis sat on top of Charla and began to attack her, clawing, biting, and ripping at her. He also started to eat the pieces that he was tearing off of her. Sandra was screaming at him to stop and began beating him with the snow shovel to try and get him off of her friend. When this didn't work, she grabbed a kitchen knife and began to stab Travis as well. Nothing would get Travis off of Charla. Sandra then ran into her car and locked herself inside and called 911 when Travis would not stop. Time for 911. Where's your emergency? Oh, this is Sandy. 221 Rock. What's the problem? Send the police. Send the police. What's the problem there? The chip killed my my friend. What's the problem with your friend? Oh, please. What's the problem with your friend? I need to know. Send the police. He ripped her apart. Hurry up. With a gun. Hurry up, please. There's someone on the way. With guns, please. You shoot him. What is the monkey doing? Tell me what the monkey's. In this clip of the 911 call, you can hear Travis screaming in the background as Sandra describes the attack and that Travis tried to turn on her as well. Travis had stopped attacking Charla by the time police arrived a few minutes later. When the cars pulled up, he attacked them and smashed off a side mirror and attempted to open the driver's side door while covered in Charlie's blood. The police officer, who was the driver in the car, managed to shoot Travis four times before he could attack them. Travis let out a scream and ran off. Remember, Travis had been stabbed multiple times by Sandra at this point, beaten with a snow shovel, and shot four times in the chest at close range. He was still alive at this point, which really goes to show how incredibly strong that chimpanzees are. He was later found a little further into the property in front of his cage and ultimately died from his wounds. I'm putting another content warning here as this part gets extremely graphic. If you are upset or triggered by intense injuries, I will put a timestamp in the description so you can skip ahead of this part. Shockingly, when the police officer approached Charla's body, she was still alive. She reached what was left of her arm up to the officer, surrounded by pieces of her flesh and severed fingers. Travis's attack on Charla had ripped her face to shreds. Her eyelids, nose, jaw, lips, and most of her scalp had been torn off. 
every bone in her face had been broken. Travis had also completely ripped off one of Charlotte's hands and had nearly completely destroyed the other. Ultimately, Charlotte did survive these injuries. She was left completely blind and severely deformed after the attack. Her only remaining finger was that of her right thumb. Her wounds were so severe that the hospital staff who treated her needed counseling afterwards. Doctors were able to reattach her jaw, but they could not save her sight. Sandra was accused of caring more for Travis than Charla after this event. She refused to clean up Travis's blood where he passed away and bought a large chimpanzee stuffed toy to put in his favorite chair in her home. It is important to remember that Sandra did stab Travis with a knife in an attempt to save Charla. She later said that it, quote, was as painful as putting a knife into her own body. However, she did say that she wouldn't change anything that had happened. After what you've been through with this, your friend is in the hospital fighting for her life. Do you still think chimps should be pets? Would I have done it again? Yes. It was horrific what happened, and I had to do what I had to do. But I still, I'll miss him for the rest of my life. For just a second, let's think about the worst that could happen during a vacation. Maybe your expensive camera broke while on an African safari. Maybe your luggage was lost on your way to Europe, or your flight was canceled altogether. Maybe you got sick in South America and had to spend a few days in a hospital. Luckily, you booked travel insurance before your trip. Travel insurance protects you in all of these scenarios and more. I always use World Nomads because their coverage makes the most sense for me as a traveler who frequently participates in adventurous activities, visits multiple countries per trip, and carries expensive equipment for my blog and podcast. Check out World Nomads rates for your next trip abroad using the link in the description. Sandra later adopted another baby chimpanzee with a friend of hers, but this one stayed with her friend and she would visit this chimp and not raise it as her own. Sandra suddenly died of a ruptured aortic aneurysm 15 months after the attack. Some speculate that she suffered this aortic aneurysm due to the stress of losing Travis, losing her best friend, because obviously Charla wanted nothing to do with Sandra anymore at this point, going through this really intense, catastrophic event, as well as the massive impending lawsuit against her. She was buried next to her husband and with two urns inside of her coffin, one with her daughter's ashes and the other with Travis's. Charla has undergone several experimental medical procedures, including a face and hand transplant. Her face transplant worked, but her hand transplant was rejected and ultimately had to be removed by the doctors. She was not the first ever face transplant, but she is one of very few successful ones, and she was the first attempted ever face and hand transplant on the same person. Charla has done many interviews about her story and remains hopeful of future medical technology to further help her. She says she does not remember any of the attack and she doesn't really want to. This is a very common thing for people who have survived really traumatic events. It is a way for the brain to protect the person 
from what happened. She says she wants to focus on moving forward and living a normal life. Charla is an advocate and routinely speaks about responsible pet ownership and wildlife as pets. She states that chimpanzees should not be kept by anyone. So let's talk about the continuing problem of having wildlife as pets. As I've said in other episodes, the biggest difference between wildlife and domesticated animals is the unpredictability in their behavior. Wildlife quickly adapts to what they view around them in order to increase their chances of survival. Domesticated animals don't need to do this and have been specifically bred over hundreds or thousands of years and have lived alongside humans during that time. Their behavior is much more predictable and they cannot survive without people. That isn't to say that accidents don't happen with domesticated animals. We all know a horror story about a dog attack or there's probably even stories out there about cow attacks. I know there are a lot of stories out there about pigs. So yeah, it definitely like attacks still happen with domesticated animals, but it is far less likely than with wildlife. In cases where wildlife is kept as pets, They are often called exotic pets. There is a huge gray area in what is considered an exotic pet and what is considered wildlife. In my personal opinion, and the opinion of many experts out there, the distinguishing difference between wildlife and an exotic pet is in the breeding. While they haven't been selectively bred as long as domesticated animals such as dogs and cows, Animals that are considered exotic pets should have been bred over multiple generations and are fairly distinguished from their wild counterparts. Domesticated animals usually don't have clear wild counterparts. Think about dogs that we have as pets and their closest relative that is the wolf. Though you can see some similarities, they are no longer the same animal. These animals are far less likely to survive on their own in the wild than their wild counterparts. Examples could include the African pygmy hedgehog, pet rabbits, ferrets, and certain reptiles such as pet snakes, turtles, and lizards. Animals that are taken from the wild or who have been only bred for a few generations in captivity should not be considered exotic pets. If their wild counterparts are the exact same species with the same natural behaviors, they are still wild animals. This includes primates kept as pets, large cats like lions and tigers, I'm looking at you Tiger King, and elephants. However, laws state that exotic pets is pretty much anything outside of dogs, cats, and farm animals. Travis is a tragic but excellent example of how unpredictable wild animal behavior can really be, even if they have been trained and gentle their entire life. There is a big difference between training and domestication. There is no definitive answer on why Travis attacked Charla in the first place. Most likely, it was a combination of her changing her appearance and holding his favorite toy, the addition of Xanax in his system, and overarching behavioral problems due to isolation and improper care. We were already starting to see some of these behavioral issues. Anthropomorphism is a really big issue in wildlife as pets, especially with primates. We observe animals doing human-like behaviors and attribute them to our own human feelings associated with those behaviors. This is typically not the case. 
animal experts are saying that chimps shouldn't be pets. They're dangerous. They're animals. And this is what can happen. They're the closest thing to human, the closest thing to us. Their DNA, we can give them a blood transfusion. They can give us one. How many, how many people go crazy and kill other people? This is one incident that I don't know what happened. Unfortunately, instances of violence like this with Travis are not uncommon in those who keep dangerous wildlife as pets. People are injured and killed, and the animal is almost always euthanized as a result, and typically not humanely. I mean, look at what happened to Travis. He was beaten and stabbed and shot four times at close range. It wasn't really his fault on what happened. He was behaving as chimps do. He was reacting to what he perceived as a threat, and he had drugs in his system, and he had been raised improperly. It only takes one violent event from one of these animals for these disasters to happen. I also want to fact check something that Sandra stated in that last clip that I played. Wild chimps do have the same ABO blood typing system that we use in humans. Their A and B antigens are slightly different due to our different evolutionary pathways. In theory, humans could receive type O blood from chimpanzees, but it is not something that we really do. If a human needed a xeno blood transfusion, which is a blood transfusion from a different species, so not a human, pig blood actually matches with our blood much closer than chimpanzees and other primates. This is especially true due to our ability to genetically manipulate pigs and have their genetics and tissues and organs and blood to match more closely to ours, which is not something that we can do with chimpanzees. This is why we can use pig heart valves and transplants and not valves from chimpanzees. Just because we are similar in terms of DNA, that extra 4% of difference between us and chimps is much larger than it seems. We also share 60% of our DNA with chickens and fruit flies, and even more than 60% with bananas. Yes, Chimps have similar behaviors to humans, and we can see the physical resemblances, especially in infants, but anthropomorphizing chimpanzee behavior is what gets us into these dangerous situations to begin with. Chimpanzees are wild animals, and they can be extremely dangerous. So here is how you can help these situations. A bill in 2009 called the Primate Safety Act was proposed that would prohibit the sale of apes, monkeys, and lemurs as pets in the United States. This bill died in the Senate. If you live in the United States, you can contact your representatives to take another look at this bill and hopefully pass it or one like it in the future. Other bills should be passed banning the keeping of other wildlife as pets, especially ones as dangerous as primates and large cats. Laws should also be updated to dictate what is considered an exotic pet in a wild animal. With the growing want for exotic pets, this is especially important. We're seeing more and more people have exotic pets and animals that are on that line between wildlife and exotic pets, as well as just having wildlife as pets, especially due to social media. Those images and videos are spreading much further and much quicker than ever before. So Charla is alive and well today. 
her bright outlook of her future and ability to speak about her experience to educate others is absolutely incredible. She now lives on her own and has an aide come Monday through Friday to help her with some chores that she cannot do on her own due to her lack of hands and her blindness. Charla's daughter remains very close to her and they are frequently seen together out and about. Charla also has many friends within her community. She has faced financial difficulties due to the immense medical bills that she has experienced in the past. I was unable to find a GoFundMe or any other public donation option to assist with her current and ongoing medical bills. So the best thing that you can do to support Charla is to support her message and to educate other people about the dangers of having primates especially, but wildlife as pets. Despite this, her outlook on life and resilience is inspirational to me, and she is definitely a force to be reckoned with. What's your favorite time of day? Um, the morning, I think. Why is that? Um, I hear the dirt singing, I can feel the sun, Night's like another good day, let's get started. <laughs> Apparently, when people compliment her and tell her that she looks good, her usual response is, quote, thank you. I've had some work done. <laughs> and apparently Charla's newest goal in life is to be able to get on and ride a horse once again. Remember, she did compete in horse barrel racing growing up, and this is how she met Sandra, and she really wants to be able to ride a horse again. I didn't want to include fun facts in this episode for two big reasons. One, it felt wrong to end Charla's story with fun facts about the species who attacked her. But even if I did want to include fun facts about chimpanzees, I have already done this in my episode about Jane Goodall. So if you want to learn more about chimpanzees, I would go over and listen to that episode. So though chimpanzees can be very dangerous and instances like this do happen with them, I don't dislike chimpanzees. I really, really like chimps and other monkeys. But knowing how dangerous they can be should give you some more respect of them. You should give them their space and, you know, admire them and respect them from a distance and respect them for their strength and their dexterity and their ability to adapt in the wild. All right, that is all I have for you today. I wanted to keep this episode a little shorter than usual as I know it is really hard. It was really hard for me to research I know it's hard to listen to, especially that 911 call. Um, that was only a small clip of it. I had to listen to it over and over again to try to get it short enough to get the message across, but not making you guys listen to the full like seven minutes of it. I want to give a special thanks to the video from the channel called Well I Never on YouTube. His research and thorough telling of Charla's story was a huge help in writing this episode. I really encourage you guys to go look up his page. I'd never heard of him before this, um, and I found his channel while researching for this episode. And he has extremely well-researched and has a, a really great, great way of telling stories in a, in a way that's very respectful to, to victims. You can support this show uh, by joining my Patreon um, or Patreon account. Uh, my patrons get ad-free episodes early. Sometimes it's not always a week early, but you do get them early and ad-free and you do get monthly bonus episodes. I am no longer doing 
news episodes. So my Patreon has been updated updated a little bit. I am now doing wildlife and travel news episodes every Friday on my TikTok. So you can follow me on TikTok at Stumble Safari as well as Instagram for pictures um, from this episode at Stumble Safari. I will give, you know, my usual black image with a trigger warning before showing pictures of Charla, but I do want to show what happened to her and how much she's come since then. You can also follow me on Twitter, as long as Twitter lasts, at Stumble Safari, as well as Facebook. And if Twitter goes down, I'm sure there's there'll be another social media channel f- like being built right after. So um, I will update you as soon as I get on board with that as well. So I will hear you next time. Sources for today's show can be found in the link in the description. Thanks for listening.